Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The House of Representatives voted yesterday to impeach President Trump with 10 Republicans crossing party lines. So it was bipartisan, but it was bipartisan the way you and your girlfriend agreed to go to the farmer's market on Sunday morning. Um, yeah, okay, I I guess we do need leaks. From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. On today's show, Seth chats with Anne Hathaway about her new HBO Max movie, Lockdown. But first, a closer look. There are just five, count them, five days left. In Donald Trump's presidency, his White House is being boxed up. He's now the only president in history to be impeached twice, and he's turning on some of his closest allies, including his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. For more on this, it's time for a closer look. Yesterday, Trump became the first president in history to be impeached twice, this time for inciting an insurrection. And House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made it official by immediately signing the document, which will then be sent to the Senate for a trial. Signing uh, and certifying the bill to make it official, the article of impeachment uh, entitled Incitement of Insurrection. There you see it uh, right there. So it's a done deal as far as the House of Representatives is concerned. That document now will be formally submitted to the U.S. Senate, where there will be a trial. I don't think Pelosi intended this, but it's a nice little troll of Trump to hold up the document for the cameras, which was clearly one of his favorite parts of the job. He loved, he loved signing things and then showing them off like he was doing story time at the local library. Does everyone see the duck right there? And what does the duck say, kids? Quack? I don't think so. But it's your dime. So the article will be sent to the Senate for a trial, which could happen immediately if Mitch McConnell were willing to bring the Senate back into session early. You might remember McConnell leaking to reporters earlier this week that he was pleased with impeachment and considering voting to convict Trump. Well, as usual, with McConnell, it turned out that was bull****. Mitch McConnell just sent a letter to his Senate colleagues telling them that he will not bring the Senate back early before January 19th to con- reconvene the Senate. Democrats wanted to have a quick Senate trial, have him convicted before he leaves office. That's not going to happen. McConnell said he's undecided about whether he'll vote to convict Trump. 
He said, quote, while the press has been full of speculation, I have not made a final decision on how I, vo I will vote. And I intend to listen to the legal arguments when they are presented to the Senate. Of course, McConnell tried to polish his reputation by strategically leaking to the media that he was considering convicting Trump. And then when it came time to actually do something, chose the most craven option available. Trusting Mitch McConnell to do the right thing is like trusting Cujo not to bite you. Uh, just give me a treat. I won't, I won't bite. I'm a good boy. Uh, 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 uh. Also, what arguments are you interested in listening to? Arguments like these? It's not just about impeachment anymore, it's about canceling, as I've said. Canceling the president and anyone that disagrees with them. The Ayatollah can tweet, the president can't. Robert De Niro said that he wanted to punch the president in the face. Madonna thought about blowing up the White House. Kathy D. Griffin held up a, a likeness of the president's uh, beheaded head. Some have cited the metaphor that the president lit the flame. Well, they lit actual flames, actual fires. Rather than actually helping American people in this time, we start impeachments that further divide our country. I call bullcrap. No, oh, you call bullcrap? I didn't know you could invoke your congressional power of declaring playground law. Not only do I call bullcrap, I regret to inform the speaker that the impeachment has indeed bounced off of us and now sticks to you. By the way, that's Lauren Boebert, which also sounds like a playground taunt. I'm not a Boebert. <laughs> The congresswoman who has bragged about her intention to carry a gun in Congress and who defied Capitol Police this week after they asked to search her bag. And I just want to say, you think carrying a gun around makes you more free? It makes everyone else less free. You get to cosplay as a Wild West sheriff and everybody else has to watch what they say because they're afraid of you. That's not freedom. It's intimidation. I'm sorry it pains me to say this, but I have no choice. I call bullcrap. <laughs> Also, let's go to Matt Gates. First of all, your head looks like the ashtray I made in third grade. And more importantly, what are you talking about Democrats lit actual flames? Are you insane? It was Trump supporters who stormed the Capitol, ransacked the place, left five people dead, and tried to capture or murder elected officials. And just a note, Gates, when you scream, you don't sound as righteous as you think you do. You sound like an angry frat dude telling the dean why it was actually Sigma Chi's fault the Greek row burned down. We had a small controlled fire pit for our annual beach-themed summer party, but Sigma Chi lit actual flames for their pig roast. Also, they drew eyebrows on our house dog. And now Rufus looks like a dick. <laughs> Although I have to say my favorite example of GOP psychosis yesterday came from Marjorie Taylor Greene, whose name sounds like a child actor from ABC's TGIF lineup, but is unfortunately a GOP member of Congress who has promoted the QAnon conspiracy theory, which the FBI has called a domestic terror threat, said there's an Islamic invasion in the government, held up an AR-15 in a campaign ad, endangered her colleagues by refusing to wear a mask last week during the Capitol lockdown, and who voted to overturn the election results even after the riot last week. Democrats are on record supporting violence when it serves their cause, in their own words, on social media, on interviews, and on fundraising platforms. That's right, she's wearing a mask that says censored in case you couldn't read it because of the microphone in the way. Do you know how dumb you look? You're speaking on the floor of the House of Representatives and being broadcast on national television. It's like LeBron James wearing a shirt that says, play me coach. These people will stop at nothing to make themselves feel like victims. It's all they have. It's the core of their political ideology. They have no actual policies or principles. They just spin 
wild fantasies of persecution. That's basically what Fox News has been doing 24-7. We impeached the president today, today without any evidence. It's just sheer hatred. If this becomes the norm, be careful what you wish for today. Under this theory, the radical left, if you can impeach a president after they're out of office, why don't we impeach George Washington? He owns slaves. Where does this stop? You see, the point is to hold Trump accountable for his actions and disqualify him from holding office again. Washington is already disqualified on account of, spoiler alert, being dead. These guys love to just make up insane fantasies because it's all they have. They have no policy goals, just scary imagined grievances to keep their base in line. Next, they're going to try to impeach George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or Paul Blart, or maybe they'll send Ernest to jail or hell, even worse, maybe they'll break Ernest out of jail so his crime spree can continue. I call bullcrap, Sean. So I guess those are the kind of arguments McConnell wants to hear in the impeachment trial. But even if McConnell delays the trial until after Trump leaves office, it's still urgently necessary because if they convict him, they can also disqualify him from holding office ever again. And you know Trump will run again if he can. Right now he's sitting in the White House stewing by himself, watching as they literally load his into boxes. As the Trump administration enters its final stage, the first sign of the end of a presidency, a moving van outside the West Wing. Stacks of moving boxes were being delivered to the Eisenhower Executive Office Building. The office will be undergoing a deep cleaning just before President-elect Biden moves in. There are very few people left in this building, and I can tell you that having just walked through the West Wing in the last hour, the very few people who are still here are currently packing up boxes in their offices. Trump's still president for five more days, but that place is emptier than a rest stop Cinnabon at 3 a.m. And man, I didn't, I didn't think anything could be more cathartic than Trump losing and getting impeached twice, but actually seeing the boxes is pretty great. Love to imagine Trump piling all his stuff into crates, his oversized suits, his ties that are so long that no matter how you pack them, a little bit pokes out. And I sure hope someone is watching him pack because he's definitely gonna try to steal stuff. Sir, why is the bus to Lincoln being packed away? Uh, what? No, this is, this is mine from home. I brought, it's, it's not actually A.A. Lincoln. It's my uncle, um, uh, Beard Trump. Mel? Mel, I need you to vouch for the bust. Mel? We, Mel? What? When did she leave? By the way, we, uh, we wrote this joke right here about stealing the bus this morning. And then, as often happens uh, in the Trump administration, uh, this afternoon, this went down. We're seeing what looks like moving day over here at the White House. You're seeing things, uh, items coming and going from the West Wing. We saw Larry Kudlow uh, leaving earlier today. Here's some video of a, a bust of Abraham Lincoln uh, being carried out of the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe they're Pirelling him. You know, maybe they didn't want even a bust of Lincoln to see a grown man cry in the Oval Office. Or maybe it's an OJ situation all over again. That's right. Just like OJ, they're going to nail Trump for stealing memorabilia. As the boxes arrive and the specter of a second impeachment trial hangs over him, it's hard to fully articulate just how much of a failure and disgrace Trump will be in the eyes of history. Even if you just go by the numbers alone, Trump lost the popular vote twice, both times by millions of votes. He got impeached twice. He lost the House by a record margin in 2018, and he lost the Senate in 2021 by losing two seats in what has for a long time been a reliably red state. Do you know how unpopular you have to be as a Republican to go 0 for 2 in Georgia? 
Imagine if Democrats lost control of the Senate by going 0 for 2 in California. James Carville would be on MSNBC doing tequila shots, crying into one of his squashed up hats, I'm assuming. He stole from the dumpster behind a Louisiana thrift store. I mean, what's with this guy? He always looks like a little kid who wished on a monkey's paw to be a grown-up. Oh, cop swaddle! Not like this! Oh, you win this round, monkey paw! Oh, and on top of all that, Trump has also overseen the needless deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans and will leave office with three million fewer jobs than when he took office, by far the worst jobs record in modern U.S. history. Even if everything else about him is forgotten 100 years from now, those numbers will be remembered forever. When it's time to do oral reports in history class, every student will want Trump because it'll be the easiest assignment. Michael, can you give us FDR's accomplishments? Uh, well, he stopped uh, the Great Depression and won World War II. Okay, but you forgot a few things, so B minus. And Timmy, can you tell us about Donald Trump's accomplishments? Uh, he was friends with Grimace. A plus Timmy, you got it all. You could learn a thing or two from Timmy, Michael. And yet the harsh reality that we must reckon with is that with only a few exceptions, the Republican Party spent the last four years colluding with this evil, and they knew it was evil. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Rick Perry, Lindsey Graham, Nikki Haley, they all saw it. They even warned it about us during the primaries before deciding to shame themselves and join in. And even now, the vast majority of the Republican Party remains in the grip of a mass delusion it refuses to shake. The delusion that motivated last week's attack, that Trump won the election and that Joe Biden is illegitimate. These people have devoted themselves to the Trump cult. But if there's one thing we've learned, it's that no matter how much loyalty you show them, he's never ever, ever going to replay it. I mean, look what he did to Mike Pence, or how about his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, the man who single-handedly led the charge to get the election overturned by flying from state to state, holding press conferences at landscaping companies, and meeting with every drunk loon he could find. Obviously, it was all a grift. Rudy was reportedly billing Trump $20,000 a day, and guess what? Trump doesn't want to pay. President Trump is reportedly taking out his frustrations on his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, by refusing to pay him for his legal services. The Washington Post is reporting that President Trump is trying to stiff Giuliani, who has spent the past few months traveling the country and spreading conspiracy theories about the November election on behalf of the president. Giuliani is seeking $20,000 per day in fees. The newspaper says the president has not only refused to pay Giuliani's legal fees, but has told aides that all reimbursement requests for travel and other expenses need to go through him. Impeachment was great, but there really is no more perfect way for this to end than Trump stiffing Rudy. Guy spent all that time flying to state capitals, rounding up witnesses from the bars at TGI Fridays and Buffalo Wild Wings, and now Trump won't even reimburse him. Also, you owe me for that time I called into the hearing. I went over my minutes. Because, Rudy, you're not friends and you're not family. So those minutes are costly. And poor Rudy needed that money for the hair transplant. Please, boss, I'm begging you, don't make me go back to the mud water. This is like the end of The Sixth Sense, but instead of Bruce Willis realizing he's been dead the whole time, it's Donald Trump realizing that Rudy has, the whole time, been a bad lawyer. Oh, no. Wait a second. He was a bad lawyer. Nothing Trump or Republicans say or do from here on out should be taken seriously unless they uniformly and unequivocally acknowledge the reality that the election was not rigged and that Joe Biden won and apologized for their roles in spreading lies and conspiracy theories fomenting the insurrection we saw last week. Unfortunately, as we saw yesterday, too many of them have walled themselves off from reality. They live in a deranged fantasy world of grievance and victimhood, lies, conspiracy theories, and... Bullcrap. This has been A Closer Look.
For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. Featuring a reimagined exterior with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and an interior built with robust materials and integrity, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. Its durability has been tested to the extreme while the cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Our first guest tonight is an Academy Award-winning actress you know from films such as Les Miserables, Rachel Getting Married, and The Devil Wears Prada. She is currently starring in Lockdown, which is now streaming on HBO Max. Please welcome back to the show our friend Anne Hathaway. How are you, Annie? Hey. Hi, Seth. It's so good to see you. It's great to I see know. you as well. <laughs> as, much, as close as we can. Um, so this is really a, a sort of incredible. This is sort of the first movie uh, that documents uh, the time we were living in, uh, in early yeah. 2020. This is when the movie takes place. Uh, all the characters are living through the pandemic the way we all yeah. were. Um, it must have been uh, sort of thrilling and interesting to be doing that. Oh, yeah, it was exhilarating, the whole thing. Um, you know, the because I feel like some people started smoking again during lockdown. Some people started drinking with lunch. And, we, and then we just, like, took our feelings and made a film about it. And Steve Knight wrote this script that's so sharp and funny and... Um, I found cathartic and it was just, it was, and then I got to act with Chudal Ejiofor and Doug Lyman was directing and all of it just felt like we probably shouldn't do it, but I'm so glad we did. Uh, there obviously a couple things you guys were up against. One were, uh, you know, the uh, very intense protocols that uh, we have yeah. when we're shooting films now. And, and this was, uh, this was shot in London. Um, but also you, you shot it very quickly. Uh, is it safe to assume that 18 days is the shortest amount of time you've ever worked on a feature film? Uh, certainly when there was 180 pages of dialogue to, to film, there was, there was, I've never done a 180 page script. Normally they're about 120 and you have about four months to shoot it. This one was, was a little bit, uh, different. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be friends with Doug Lyman, uh, who, uh, raves about you. It should be noted. Um, uh, he is, a, uh, I assume the right kind of director <laughs> for this seat of your pants style filming. For this, what kind of pants? Like sort of oh, seat of your pants. I thought you said seedier pants, and I was like, you know, a very different side of. He duck wears than I some do. pretty seedy pants. He's got a huge heart. I just there is. I I I don't think I would have said yes to anyone else, but he has. The, he's so inspiring, and and he takes these risks. I mean, you know, he's about to go into space with Tom Cruise, and make a movie where he's shooting in space and he just, he has these ideas. And when he hears someone say something's impossible, he wants to show them how it's, how it's not. And, um, and I just love him to pieces. He's uh, it's true that he's going to space to shoot a movie with Tom Cruise. And, and for those who don't know, he shot born identity and, um, uh, edge, you of know, edge of tomorrow. Uh, and he's this incredible filmmaker. And yet if you ever saw the inside of his car, which looks like a garbage can, you would think, <laughs> I will not. I will not put my life in this man's hands. But he gets results. He gets results. He's 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 wonderful. It's it was one of those things where we were doing. We all, you know, it was such a a really hard year for everybody, and it felt so incredible to be a part of something that not only just employed people, which felt like a really great thing to be a part of, but was able to turn all of this 
rage and uncertainty and all of these feelings that were, we were all just kind of fighting our way through and turn it into something, like I said, hopefully, hopefully cathartic. And um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I get nervous talking to you. It's happening. Has my neck red yet? <laughs> that's it, it that, that's the intention. We do try to keep people, especially you. We want to keep you off your off your axis. Hey, um, <laughs> you, you know, you mostly shot it in an apartment, but you also, and I think it's safe to assume, you would never have been able to shut down Harrods, which is this famous department store in London that you guys got to shoot in. Um, which must have been both exciting but incredibly eerie to be in a place that is usually so bustling with human beings. It 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 was that it was um, you know it, it just it just kind of added to the surreality of everything. But um, but it sort of reminded me of when I was a kid and my parents uh, used to bring us to FAO Schwartz and we couldn't afford anything in FAO Schwartz. My parents told us it was a toy museum. And that's what being in Harrods at night was like. It was kind of like the museum of super fancy stuff. Yeah, that's, man, I tip my cap to your parents. That's genius. They're very clever. They had a lot of workarounds for stuff like that. Um, there are some, uh, uh, maybe cliche is not the right word, but things that I think all of us have maybe uh, at least thought about doing uh, during this difficult year that happened in the film. So I want to ask you if these are things you've uh, ever done in real life. Okay. Uh, and I will answer as well. Okay. Uh, scream into a pillow, yes or no, real life? So many times. <laughs> really? So many times. That actually wasn't in the movie. Uh, we'd done a couple takes, and then I turned to Doug and I said, can I, I don't want to tell you what I'm going to do, but can I just try something? And he said, yeah, and I grabbed the pillow, and I just screamed as hard, like loud and as hard as I could into it. And then I did the scene, and at the end, Doug's eyes were really wide, and he just went, oh, do that again. Do, yeah, that, do that again. In the early days of lockdown, I, you know, you're, we were all, I mean, I'm still overwhelmed, but especially in the beginning when, I mean, <laughs> there was just a lot to process. I, I would need to release, but I didn't want to scare my kids, so I screamed into a pillow a lot. See, I think I just uh, scream too loud when something minor happens. Like the other day, I got a very small splinter on the banister and screamed really loud, and then my wife very calmly explained to me that it, it's upsetting to the kids. Um, I, I broke a bowl that was very meaningful, and I started to cry way too hard, and Adam had to come up to me, and he's like, honey, you are legit frightening the children. you got to pull it together, honey. Uh, have you ever stayed in pajamas all day? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I, I, I did do my best to try to get dressed just because I'm somebody, if I don't um, kind of start my day, get myself out of bed, start my routine, I can get a, it, it can get a little mushy. So mm -hmm. I found it was like good for my mental health to put on something with a zipper. Yeah, I think that's right. What about tie-dye? Did, uh, did you tie-dye any clothes during the pandemic? I didn't. But uh, going back to Doug Lyman for a second, you know, we, we like you said, we shot this whole thing. Well, not by the seat of your pants, the seat of our <laughs> pants. Um, but we um, we didn't have a look for the final scene of the movie where they've been in lockdown for a very long time. And like with I think it was something like 18 hours before we had to shoot the scene. I said, oh, what about tie dye? Everybody was tie dyeing during this time. Wouldn't it be funny if she was wearing a tie dye shirt? And our poor costume designer who had done such an amazing job and was so exhausted, single-handedly dressing everybody, um, just said, I just, I just, I'm very exhausted and I don't think I can. And Doug raised his hand. He's like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll tie dye a bunch of shirts. So he spent his Sunday tie dyeing shirts, came in with a dozen of them. And that's, and I wore one of them in the movie. So I didn't, Doug did. Uh, he is a jack of all trades. Uh, no one can say otherwise about he our friend. He can tie dye. He goes into space. He does it all. <laughs> um, films hey, it's always such a delight to see you. Congrats on the film, and I really do hope next time it's in person. 
Oh, that would be a dream. That would be incredible. All right, I'll see you soon, Annie. Locked Down is now streaming HBO Max. Late Night with Seth Meyers airs weeknights on NBC at 12.35, 11.35 Central. Original music on the Late Night podcast is by the HE Band. Don't forget to follow the handle Late Night Seth on social media and tell your friends to subscribe to the Late Night podcast wherever they get their podcasts. Alex Ryder is back. Hello, Alex. You have a lot of work to do. To face his greatest challenge yet. We have an active threat. They can wipe out an entire city. People are going to die. Now he's running out of time. We have three days to find and destroy. He doesn't know who he can trust. We're not your enemies. We never have been. Everything I've been told has been lies. And our future is in his hands. The truth can be complicated. On April 5th. This weapon is capable of inflicting 100,000 deaths in a heartbeat. The danger is everywhere. Scorpio are no longer hiding in the shadows. The battle threatens everyone. It's personal. It's revenge. It's kill or be killed. That's when you find out what you're really capable of. And his choice could change everything. I'm sick of being manipulated to do what everyone else wants. Tell him the truth, all of it. The world isn't black and white. All we really have are the people we trust. Alex Ryder, season three, streaming free April 5th. Stream seasons one and two free now.